from the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. And it is presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA Sport. Welcome to Swinger Radio. <laughs> it's a fishbowl party for your ears. Fishbowl baby. Brother love, Jade to the sea. That's me. I'm filling in today for Ken Levicka. We were joking about him being in an adults-only resort yesterday. You said, oh, it's adults-only vacation. Is it resort? We don't know. And then I'm like, wait, is it freaky deaky? Are they doing swinger stuff? Is it a fishbowl deal? And then today, I start talking about how Steph Curry's parents are at the NBA Finals, no longer together. They divorced. But now they are dating people who themselves used to be a couple. So literally, they've done a wife swap. Curry's parents wife swapped with this other couple. Literally. Least favorite story of the year. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. So I'm joking about in the first segment in last night's Game 5 of the NBA Finals, which was bizarre again. We're 5 for 5 on bizarre. You know that we're 5 games in stone, 0 games decided by single digits. Yeah. Zero games decided by single digits. Yeah, we finally just started to get some lead changes, and too. And the point spreads in this series have never been greater than four. Mm-hmm. Four, three and a half, three and a half, four, cross the board. It's been a very strange series. Bizarre. Stranger things, upside down world of the NBA. And yet, the best thing that came out of it was Steph Curry's parents are now wife swapping with another couple. And that led us to talking about the fishbowl party, which I explained to, to Stone on the air was something that happened in the 70s during the sexual revolution where people would go to a house party. Um, Adults would. Adults. Adults. Married adults. Like your parents and your classmate from, you know, school's parents. And everyone would get drunk on Harvey Wallbangers and Fuzzy Navels and those terrible cocktails of the 70s. And then the women at the end of the night would reach into the fishbowl and grab a key. And whoever owned that house key, they went home with that man. And we had a guy call in, Ernesto, now known... Formerly known as Ernesto, the artist now known as Fishbowl Baby. Yes. FBB. He admitted on this show in hour one that he was conceived as a result of a fishbowl party. His parents met. They went to the party with other spouses or mates, and they left that night together, and he was conceived that night, which led to then Rocco calling in, explaining that he told his ex-wife before they got married, listen, I'm marrying you, but I'm also going to have sex with other women. And so it's hard to believe that that's his ex-wife now. Yo. You think that she'd be like, for life. But she, <laughs> did, she did. They took their vows. He said that he knew he had to straighten his life out because he went to Yankee Stadium with two strippers and then that was going to be his rock bottom. Rocco earned all every bit of my respect. Rocco bottom. That was his Rocco bottom. Oh. That was his Rocco bottom. Fishbowl baby and Rocco bottom. Fishbowl baby. It's like a Nelly song. Um, Steve Politziner will be joining us shortly for Ask Steve's. And by that, I mean any minute now. But I teased what could be potentially... Again, ideally, the greatest comeback in recent. The, to me, the greatest comeback in sports history is my boy Vinny Paz, the great five-time world champion boxer who broke his neck in a horrible car wreck, who had screws and bolts inserted into his skull and his bones and was told maybe he'll never walk again. He said, walk again, I'm fighting again. Came back, fought again, won a world championship as a boxer. They made a movie about his life. It's a tremendous movie called Bleed for This. And my friend Vinny Paz is played in the movie by my friend Miles Teller. How about? In fact, that's how we met Miles Teller. Surprised I haven't seen this one. Bleed for This. Tremendous film. 
Miles Teller plays Vinny Paz. Now you know Miles Teller as Rooster from uh, Top Gun Maverick. Rooster. Yeah. But anyways, I digress. Serena Williams was a little bit cryptic on an Instagram post that um, SW19, which is the postal code. I don't know if you know this or not. Stone for Wimbledon. Yeah. SW, her initials, SW19, postal code Wimbledon. And it was her sneakers on a grass court. Mm-hmm. Not her, but her sneakers on a grass court. Teasing that she is going to return to play Wimbledon, which is just a couple weeks away. Yes. From the All English Club in London. This is groundbreaking news. Serena is 40 years of age. She'll be 41 in September. Venus, by the way, has a birthday on Friday. I, I told you I saw Venus on Thursday at the concert. Yeah. Did I tell you that or no? No, I mean, I remember uh, I heard it on the home team show, and I think gotcha. Tina screwed you from saying, what's up, what's going on, but yeah. I, I heard the whole thing. Yeah, no, she waved and smiled over at me, and I waved, and I was going to go talk to her, but then the security guard was like, hey, where's Tina? What's going on with Tina? And so I got stuck with that for a second. Um, Serena Williams has won Wimbledon seven times? Seven times. Venus, I know, has won it five times. Yes. Because we've discussed that, she and I, many times together. And she's very, very humble about that. Uh, Serena, not as humble. Venus is more humble about her five. In fact, one time, um, friends of ours, were getting, we were getting together for wings um, in Jupiter. I forget the name of the place. And my one friend is from a very prominent family in sports. But he'd not really met Venus before. And Venus was with us to, out that night. And he said, you won Wimbledon, right? And she smiled and she said, yeah. And he said, how many times? And she said, a couple. Very, very, very humble, right. smiley. She won it five times. Serena won it seven. If Serena Williams were to win her first major since the 2017 Australian Open, when she was pregnant, by yeah. the way, mm-hmm. with Olympia, if she were to win this Wimbledon, and I know that's a far-fetched, look, she may knock it out of the first round. If she were to win this Wimbledon, it would make Tiger Woods' 2019 Masters comeback for the ages seem like a routine Sunday in golf. I don't hate it. I don't think you're wrong. If she is able to pull this off and win this thing an eighth time. I mean, we're way ahead of ourselves. Way ahead of ourselves. But I don't necessarily think we're, we are. It's in her DNA. You know a little more than I do, but I know how determined she will be. And it is on Wimbledon. Right. It is on Wimbledon now to come up with the correct draw and put Simona Halep in front of her face oh boy. in the early going. So now, so now you're talking inside tennis, and so we need to elaborate on that. Simona Halep is a former world number one who is currently being coached by Patrick Muratoglou. Patrick Muratoglou was Serena's coach since 2013 when she went on the run of winning all these majors, when yep. she went on the run of being number one, world number one, and the gap between she and number two um, was greater than the gap between number two and number 132. Patrick Muratoglou, in full disclosure, again, while we have this conversation, I fly to the south of France tomorrow because Patrick is sending me there. It is his tennis foundation that allows for players like Sissy Paz, like Coco Goff, to go to school as academy, train there, and become champions. Right. So I go there tomorrow to Patrick's academy. It's a resort as well. And I'm there. And then next Sunday, we have this big gala where wealthy people can donate to sponsor these young people so they can go to school there, they can train there, and they can become the next Sissy Paz, the next, well, Olga Roon, and mm-hmm. of course, Coco Golf. So I have to give my personal out there in full disclosure. 
When I speak of what I hope to happen, it is not what I believe will happen. I do not believe Serena will win Wimbledon. I do not believe that is the case. I do not believe they're going to go, hey, let's make sure we get Simona Halep versus. Because Patrick Muratoglu is now coaching Simona Halep, not Serena Williams. And he will not be coaching Serena Williams at Wimbledon. This, I promise you, text messages earlier this morning with members with inside that team, I know what's happening and I know what's not. And I can tell you what's not happening. And that is she will not be back with her longtime coach. Familiarity is something Serena has always flourished on. She had a hitting partner that she won many times with. No longer. She had Patrick that she won with since that 2013 run. And that is now no longer. She's won, I believe, one tournament since she returned from having Olympia. Yes. One tournament. And she's won zero majors since she was pregnant, which no one knew. The world didn't know. It was very early on when she beat Venus in the Australian Open final. That's right. Which was January of 2017. That's right. Five and a half years ago, bro. Five and a half years ago. To give you an idea of how Serena thinks, when I emceed this tennis gala in June of 2019, it got canceled the last two years because of pandemic, I made a joke about, because Serena was given an award, and Mike Tyson was given an award, and Serena was given the award, and when she got done with her speech, you know, it's kind of like you're hosting with jokes, and I said, it's about time uh, Serena got herself a trophy. And I meant like, it's a joke because all she has is trophies. And she literally said out loud, gosh, right, it's been forever. She thought like the latest trophy, like won a tournament. She didn't get the joke on, yeah. Just wired differently. Like completely thinks about herself and what she's able to accomplish differently. It's crazy. That's why I think she's capable of doing something like that. When we talk about motivation, first of all, those two are the most competitive siblings I've ever known in my entire life. And I don't mean tennis. I mean dance competition. I mean whatever the case may be. You have no idea how competitive Venus and Serena Williams are. Not with their opponents, not with the game of tennis, with each other. For years, they hosted a weekend-long party called the Williams Invitational. And it was just that. It was a party weekend. Started on Thursday, and it ended on Sunday. People would fly in from around the world that were invited. You couldn't buy tickets. It wasn't a charity event. It was a friend thing. And they would all come to Palm Beach Gardens, and there'd be a little welcome party on Thursday night. And then Friday night would be a team dance competition. And I'm talking about months and months of choreography, of instruction. I'm talking about costumes and lighting. You would think that it was Cirque du Soleil in Las Vegas. You would think that it was something that was going to be broadcast worldwide on pay-per-view television. That's how seriously they would take this. This went on for years. Venus and Serena competing with each other, spending tens of thousands of dollars just to beat the other sibling in a team dance competition in front of 75, 100 of their friends. And I was part of this for four years. It's insane how competitive they are with each other. I believe Serena's motivation in Wimbledon wouldn't be as much about getting number 24 as it is making sure that Patrick sees I'm winning without you. Yeah, and I'm a wild card, and I can do it in this position. All right, are we all set now? We'll get back to Serena and how her winning Wimbledon could make Tiger winning the 2019 Masters seem like a routine Sunday in golf. I love it. We'll get back to that in a little bit. Right now, though, is there is there a liner? Is there imaging and music for Ask Steve's? No liner. We just bring him right on. He is the president of Good Karma Brands, parent company of ESPN West Palm. You know him, of course, from the Stephen Craig Show. And it is time for, I guess, this fourth installment 
I'm told today. Yes, sir. Of Ask Steve's. Steve, good afternoon. Great to have you. How are you, my friend? Hey, Josh, you're right. Like, no open, like, should I be worried? No sponsor? Should I be worried <laughs> about the, the future of this segment, Josh? As, you know, someone sitting in for Ken today, just to have your, you know, vantage point as a, you know, a veteran, a historian, some might say, do you think this segment's going to have any legs? I think it does because you are you and you are special. I think it is a better reflection on how lazy and unfocused Stone Lebanowitz is. Whoa, whoa, it's whoa. It's totally just on you as show producer <laughs> to not have taken care of these things. All right, here's how it works. Uh, questions are being... Yeah, it works. Everyone points the finger. Yes. Someone pointed at sales. Sales pointed at someone. Yeah. And Vic is somehow complicit in here. I'm sure ultimately it's my fault. So... Let's just roll. Go ahead. Sorry, Josh. I mean, you'd think there'd be a voice guy who'd say, it's the guy with all the answers. He knows. He's the founder. He's this, that. He's a, it's time for Ask Steve's. And then, and then you'd come on. There'd be music bad and everything. But Stone just goes, yeah. all right, Steve's on. Go. Talk. Okay, so yeah, I'm going exactly. to take, take some blame here. There is whoa, a liner. Whoa, whoa, whoa. For the first time? No, this is for the 100th time, maybe of the day. But we do have a liner for Ask Steve's. And it is killer. It is Cutler made. And I do have it. Ready to present. So, so when I so why didn't we play that? Okay, never mind. All right, so you good now? Ready to play it now? I'm good. I'm it's ready a, to play He's it. the president of the company. He's got all the answers. <laughs> this man is the reason why we're all here. And you can't even play a liner for him? He's <laughs> respect. Can I, like, but- birth you? Did I birth you? <laughs> like, I'm responsible here. for being here. This, this man is he's in, he's enshrined in the Palm Beach County Sports Commission Hall of Fame. You understand that, right? I do that. I do know that. Just making sure. Just making sure you remember that. Okay. Stone, if you'd like to play the liner, now's a good time. Steve Pollard Sr. is a Palm Beach County Sports Hall of Famer, a business maven, an accomplished youth coach, and a worldly family man. Every week he bestows his expansive wisdom upon us. It's time again for Ask Steve's on Ken LaVica Live. All right, there it is. Can't afford the music, but we got the liner part at least. All right. I feel like the voice talent is laughing while they're trying to hold back. Why they have to read that? No, not no. I disagree. All right. Question number one, and ask Steve's Joey from Boynton emailed in and asked, "What movie? Excuse me. What actor would you want to play you if they made a movie about your life? What actor would you want to play you, Steve? And then, since you are so funny and clever, I'm going to ask you, who do you believe should play you? Who would you want? But then, actually, who should? Go ahead. Well, I, I get the, the actor I get most is. Uh, is Ralph Macchio? Yeah, yeah, I see that. So, yeah, and I, I mean, are are you into the the reboot of Cobra Kai? I are have you guys into it. Yeah, no, I haven't watched it. I haven't watched it. I've actually seen it, and I, I'm not the biggest fan. And although I can't reside with the OG, the one that came first, you know, I wasn't a part yeah. of that era. I wasn't even born yet. Yeah. And the new one, it was kind of like the Fuller House. Like they just didn't do it any justice. Ralph Macchio, yeah. but I, from like the Outsiders, right? Yeah, okay. Obviously, great, great role there. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I, so I'm okay with Rob Monster. I happen to think the acting in this Cobra Kai is so bad. That's yeah. what I heard. Um, it's horrible. Yeah. But, but and I'm cool with Rob Monster. My grandmother, and probably only my grandmother, once said that I reminded, like, I, I reminded her Tom Cruise. Oh. So, you know, I, 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 I guess I'd go with either, either of those would be, you know, either of those would be acceptable. All right, then we'll have it there. All right, next question. Ask Steve's Roy from Boca wanted to ask this. If you were to invest in a company right now, which company would you invest in and why? Steve? Any company. Um, 
Well, I guess it would be whatever company produces microchips because seemingly the entire world has been shut down for three years as we wait for them. Great point. So uh, I am guessing that there's going to be a, I don't know, 50-year catch-up on microchips. Wow. So I think that would be a pretty safe place to put my dollars. That's a great way to think. Um, You talk to our friends at Land Rover Palm Beach, and they go, you understand that all makes and models of vehicles are so on back order because all these places that make the microchips in the little P, none of them were able to operate for a year and a half plus. And as a result, that's why the microchip thing is holding everything up. That's a great point. Wow. Uh, Steve, do you remember when someone told you to invest in Amazon? I do. When someone said, hey, give me a couple grand. They're selling books and uh, CDs through the internet. And I was like, that sounds stupid. I took a pass on Amazon. Do you remember someone trying to talk you into it or no? Yeah, at the, yeah, same thing. It was like books, and yeah. I don't, I don't see it with the book. That was even before we were do, like buying books on tape. Yeah, we were just like buying books. Yeah, and can you can, can you believe like generations are going to look back at us and be like, those idiots felt like they had to go to a bookstore and hold a book. I can see if you have to try on a shirt, yeah. but what do we need to go to the bookstore for? Because it's part <laughs> of the experience. It's part of picking it up, looking inside the jacket. It's tangible. That's why. I mean, there's a human element. There's an experience. Yeah, but you can do that. You can. No, no, I get it. That's for everything. But to think that we felt that you had to do that now, yeah. you didn't have to go. Like, we don't. Now, do you have to go to a bookstore now? Does it make a difference for you? Yeah, I'm saying clothes, yeah. maybe, you know, a car. I get like, it. Those things are tougher to do online. Yeah. A book you can do online. I get it. Nowadays, though, they're putting cafes or lunch or maybe a bar in some of these Barnes and Nobles that I'm seeing. Of course, they they always did still. Uh, But yeah, of course they do because it's experiential. (laughs) Um, Steve, Jeff Bezos uh, shared a story and he said Amazon changed when they were selling CDs and books and he sent an email to 500 random of their customers and said, what do you wish we sold? And one person replied, windshield wipers. And Bezos thought that was strange and said, why? And the person responded, because that's what I need right now. And everything mm-hmm. shifted on the idea of what do people need right now? And I guess that was the beginning of that. Beginning that's of that. brilliant. Yeah. I, I didn't hear that that was the, the way it went, but that makes total sense. You uh-huh. know, right? Like, yeah. well, no, no one's going to you, consume you in anything unless you're giving them something that they need right now. Hopefully, hopefully we're giving people something they need. I can't imagine we are, but I hope, hope hopefully we are. It is S. Steve's, Steve Politziner, President, Good Karma Brands, ESPN West Paul. I th- see, I thought you were going to throw out all the inbound S. Steve's and just go with your own, Josh. No, no, no. I, I, I was unaware that we were doing this, so, I mean, I can ask them off the cuff, but we wanted the people to have their voice heard with their questions. Yeah, we actually have Mel Bryant calling in with a question for you, Steve. Okay. okay. All right, Noah, you're on Ken Levick Alive. What's your question for Ask Steve? Hey, guys. Hey, Steve, this is Mel. Um, how come you never put Joe Maresca on TV or on the radio? Joe Maresca. Who's that? Your personal trainer from Ultima. Oh, Joe. <laughs> Wait a minute. I know, I know Joe from back in the day. Yeah, I was thinking about it in my head there for a second. Um Joe Maresca. Now, Josh, you know Joe because his wife was your co-host. Correct. I know Joe and his yeah. boys from back in the day. Absolutely. And I know Joe because I'm sure he wouldn't admit this because uh, you know that guy's an Adonis, but he was once a, my personal trainer about 15 years ago. And to this date, the single best trainer 
the single best trainer I have ever come across. The most dedicated, knowledgeable um, trainer I believe that I have ever you know come across. I was just trying to like live up to his level because the guy is the guy is, is literally is, is is a perfect specimen. Very nice, well said. All right, uh, thank you for the. So call. I don't know. I, I think his wife was on the radio. Yeah, that guy should be on TV. I don't think that guy, radio wouldn't do a guy like that justice, yeah, right, no. Josh? Yeah, he's too good looking. He's too good looking for radio. Yeah, people like me and Stone belong on the radio. Actually, people like me belong on the radio. Stone's kind of good looking. Stone, turn your microphone on, and then you'll be on the radio. I said, yeah. There you go. <laughs> wow, you were having a segment today. Uh, Steve, speaking of uh, business, do you know why the founder of Netflix began that business? Do you know his moment, his tipping point? You know that story? Tell it. He went to Blockbuster to rent a movie. Oh, and they didn't have what he wanted, right? They were out of his uh, no, movie? They, they, he had a $40 late charge. And he's like, this is BS, and decided to do DVDs by mail order with no late fee, just subscription-based, and he changed the whole world. Based on that. Based on that. All right. Last question for Ask Steve's with Steve Politziner. Ernesto from Boynton Beach asked, if you were stranded on a deserted island but all your basic needs were taken care of. What two items would you want to have with you? What two items would you want to have with you? Steve. So food and water, that's all yep. That's yep. all squared away? Sure is. Well, you're going to need entertainment. All right. Okay, so I'm probably going to need something. I'm going to need a bundle mm-hmm. that includes ESPN. Ooh. Right now, there are so many different bundles right out there now, but I probably would just go Disney Plus. See, Steve, I, I really... Because re- I, you, know, because you have Hulu, you have ESPN, and you have Disney. I do the Disney bundle. What would I not have at that point? You'd have movies. You'd have, you know, phenomenal uh, archive of a catalog of choices, and you'd have live sports. That's a great call. I, I have the bundle. Stone, do you have the bundle? I definitely have the it's bundle. It's probably a password you share with, like, three friends from high school. Literally. Right, login info. <laughs> Steve, Steve, I'm a little disappointed that you didn't choose a satellite telephone to come rescue you from this deserted island. <laughs> to be honest. Oh, I feel, that's a good call. That feels, I feel like that'd be, you know, cop out. Remember, remember, but that, that's the, yeah, it wasn't two things, though. I don't know what else you need. Once you have that entertainment. Yeah. What else? You know, what do you need? I'd actually be happy not to have email. No, I wouldn't have to return them. I would read them. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it'd be good with one. What about a pitching wedge? Work on your short game. Ooh. You got a lot of sand. I, sand wedge. I would. Yep. Sand wedge would be great. I'd get so good out of the sand. Fair enough. I, I, I don't, but I wouldn't enter a score. What, what, are, you, what mean, are you entering a score? You know, circle on a island. over there. Uh, Steve, I got a yeah. question. I got a question for you. Uh, this is the last question for Ask Steve's for this episode today. Who is going to win these NBA Finals? Who is going to win these NBA Finals? Boston Game Seven? Man. Yes or no? I I think Boston. This is first of all as strange a series as you've ever seen. Amen. As strange. Yep. As strange. It, it, interesting. Unfortunately, and the numbers are showing it. It is not drawing in the casual fan. You, know, you have the better. And, you know, you've had the benefit of not all games being close, but was last night as bizarre a game as you – I mean, really, you know, the last few. Tatum being terrible, it was better last night. And then Curry setting career records for futility, and they still win the game, you know, going away. I mean, yeah. for an NBA, from an NBA standpoint, it's fascinating and it's interesting. Um, I think there's something about, you know, Boston's going to force a game seven. Really? They don't, they don't lose two in a row. So they lost two in a row. They don't, I don't see them losing three in a row. 
I think there's a game seven. And I thought this was Warriors in five, like Celtics wouldn't even really challenge them. Um, clearly that's not, you know, not the case. Although I was wondering last night, were you wondering what were the Celtics doing with that small ball lineup late, which would w- w- allow the Warriors to just come back and now dominate them? You can't play small ball against the Warriors. Yeah, I, I you know... I... Ime Adoku may be too smart for his own good in some instances, but I'm so glad you backed me up on what I've been asserting the last two days on this show. This is the Stranger Things of NBA Finals. Everything I heard you out, say that. Bizarre. I heard you say that yesterday. That was, yeah, I like the way. I like that. It's bizarre. Um, while you said the Celtics don't look I heard, heard you say that on one of the seven shows you're on. Is yeah. this like the summer where everyone's on vacation and you're the only person that's on? The, Every time I put on the station, you're on. This is the first time yesterday and today I've ever filled in on Ken Levick Alive. So for me, it's kind of cool that it comes full circle that my co-host that used to fill in for me, I now get to go fill in for him on his own project. So I'm, I'm enjoying the sentimentality of that. But you're, I'm glad you said it's a strange, bizarre finals because like myself, you've been watching these since the mid-80s and we've not seen anything as bizarre as what we're seeing now. Steve Paul, and just said, a note, by the way, I know you're big on the language. Yeah. Stone, did you notice he called it the Ken Levicka Project? Ooh, Project sounds like something that's an experiment. I didn't even catch that. That's a, Yeah, yeah, wow. I'll mark that. Just did. I didn't even notice I said that, but it's Freudian. Yeah, because it feels like an experiment. It feels like after after Stone's production work today, then likelihood this can't continue <laughs> through Labor Day. Don't laugh at that, but what Steve. Do I know? What do I know? Um, Stone, Did you guys get any of your Serena question yet, or are you dumping me before Oh, no, that? no let's, get, let's get you on that, oh, because I know, I know you're a huge fan of, of Serena Williams, personally and professionally. Um, she is going to play Wimbledon. She is going to do so without her longtime coach, Patrick Maratoglu, who is now coaching Serena Halep. This is personal now for Serena, whether she admits it or not. I'm telling you that it is. What do you think about her coming back? Remember, this is where she last played with the injury to her leg a year ago at the All England Club in London. Stevie, what do you think here? Yeah, of, yeah go ahead. Yeah, I mean, her coming back is great. And I think you were, you know, there's been such debate about her versus Ty. She has, she has nothing to lose. She has nothing to lose. Correct. Even if she loses in the first round, she still has nothing to lose because people are just so excited to see her still play, you know, just to get one more look, one more chance, and kind of run. But I think there's been this debate about her, if she were to win versus Tiger, what is the more improbable win? Yeah. To me, it's Tiger 100 times more, more improbable. And the reason is, is because in tennis, you know, there's like six people that can win each tennis tournament. Mm-hmm. And her in Wimbledon, all she needs to do is get her serve going. She doesn't even need to be able to move. She doesn't need a ground stroke. She just needs to be able to get her serve going for a week and a half. And that's why this is the like, perfect spot for her to do it. I don't see her trying to make a comeback at one of the, other, yeah. at one of the others because of the way her, you know, the style of the game. You know, Wimbledon. But in golf, 100 people can win every week. Correct. Because, look, no one wins. No one, no one wins one, three tournaments a year. Yep. In tennis, it's the opposite. So... You know, I'd love to see her back, and obviously it would be an amazing win. I think she's number 1,300 in the world right now. Yep. But it still would seem to me that um, Tigers, because of what he's been through and because of the competition in golf right now, would be a, would be a more, I'd say, I guess, I guess I'm saying, would, would be a more impressive accomplishment. I, I agree completely that obviously the mathematics, the probability of winning a Masters versus winning the women's side of Wimbledon are two different things, statistically, probability speaking. The human element, however, of having given birth, have not won a championship in five years and a half now. 
of returning without that coach, that familiarity, there's a lot going on beyond the health problems where the blood clots and everything else that comes with it. It would make for the greatest sports story of the year for certain, and it would be right there with Tiger and with Vinny Paz, in my opinion. Uh, Stone, tell everybody how they can get their questions in for Ask Steve's for your next episode thereof. It is as simple as DMing or emailing Ken Levicka or myself at KLV1063 on Twitter for Ken and at Labanowitz Stone on Twitter for me. Holler away. Ernesto actually hit us in the DMs with the deserted island questions and everybody else emailed in. So just holler at me and Ken. Steve hops on once a week, every single week. And Steve, I want to make sure they have production for you with a liner that's produced <laughs> and music bed and everything that you deserve because what this turned out right here, this was just unacceptable stone and it's your fault. So do better. <laughs> Steve, Steve, if you could pick uh, Stone, you must be really enjoying Josh. Oh, just must make it really long for Ken to come back. Just soaking it all I've, I've in, made enjoying his job every second. So easy, you have no idea. Steve, Steve. I'm following. Are you guys following Ken's vacation pictures? Yes, every single one of them. I actually just followed <laughs> Vivi, his wife, two days ago. So now I got her side of things too, and she does a little more of the dicey stuff that Ken won't post. So I'm getting all all stuff. All right. Yeah, looks like they're having a great time on the water. Yes, yes. cocktail. What a life. Uh, what a life. All right. Well, Stone says they're an adults-only resort, so uh, who knows what that means. But <laughs> good luck to everybody. Steve Polizzaner, thank you. Ask Steve's happens each week here on Ken Levicka Live. Appreciate you, Steve. Have a great week. Bye, Josh. Bye, Stone. Thank you. See ya. There he is, the boss man. Uh, when we come back, Stone is going to explain to you what he meant with his sarcasm moments ago. Plus, we've got the Maple Jordan situation developing. People are like Maple Jordan. Yeah, that's Andrew Wiggins' nickname. At least it used to be when he was the overall number one pick because he is Canadian. And the expectations were not Michael Jordan, but Maple Jordan, which is cute and all. But you devised a game to try and make me look silly. Let's try and do just that. That I did. We'll get to it around the corner, but I'm just feeling, you know, we just talked about Ken being gone, and we played Vacation Feud yesterday. We're going to play Nickname Feud today. Fantastic. You're a guy who's a historic historian, knows everybody, knows where the nicknames come from. We'll put you to the test. I can't wait to um, run out the clock on this show by playing this game with you. Sounds like fun. It's Kevin Vick Alive on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. And we are presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA Sport. JC, normally of the home team, weekdays 4 to 6, filling in for Ken LaVica, who is apparently having some kind of Instagram-worthy vacation in Jamaica. I don't know these pictures that Steve and you are talking about, but apparently he's all in. Yeah, he's all in. They're having a great time with the group that they're with and that and just the dinners they're going to, the beaches he's on, the water he's in. I haven't had a real vacation in a very long really? time. This is going to kind of be a vacation I for was going to say. But this is also at the same time, I'm there, they're bringing me in for work. So I'm going to have to go through a rundown and then be like, no, don't do this. Yeah, do that. Let's change the structure of that. And then I'm going to have to perform. Yeah. Like on stage. So this is not a true vacation. Are you going to have days, though, where you go check out? Is it France? You just go check it out, go kind of on your uh, solo dolo? In in the past, we've had, like, Friday night out in, like, I mean, uh, Monte Carlo. And then, like, Saturday night out in Cannes. So we'll see. That's years past. That may not be the case. a lot like a vacation. Like like a group outing thing. Like, we all get in the shuttle bus. Right. And then we just, yeah. I mean, it's been, yeah, in the past. This may be hanging out in the hotel room. and, um, and, And keep in mind... 
at the resort there in the south of France, they don't get ESPN. There's no American television. Really? There's no television in English, and there's no ESPN. So the only content I can get is through the ESPN app, but some of it not viewable because it's uh, French territory. What about so like the- you like UFC this weekend? I might not be able to watch it, but then again, it's going to come on at you know two a.m. Like game five, game six it starts at three a.m. Friday morning. It's nine o'clock here, but it's three a.m. there. Are you going to have the finals game at least? Like what? That's what I that- said. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to stream that on the ESPN app. I'm not sure. Ah, and if not, I'll just to follow along on social media. That's right. You know, I got you. All right. Uh, time to play a game involving nicknames because Andrew Wiggins may have saved the Warrior season last night. Hey. He is the former number one pick, remember, overall. Um, wasn't he drafted originally by the Cavs? And then LeBron immediately went back to the Cavs and said, listen, we're going to take our time. And, then, and we're going to, you know, we're not going to rush. We're not going to win immediately. And then we're going to work with these young guys. I look forward to mentoring these young guys. Yes. Instead, he shipped them away and then brought in all the old heads. I mean, to LeBron's point, he wasn't the number one pick that everyone thought he was going to be. I remember he But you didn't out. know that yet. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's the problem. We don't give these kids any time. We're, no, we're patient with none of them. And we shipped them off to Minnesota. Andrew Wiggins proved this series that he's a baller. Damn right. He doesn't need to be the number one. You don't got to be the guy. You don't need to be Batman. And sometimes you don't need to be Robin. Sometimes you can just be Alfred the Butler. Sometimes you can be... You know, they talk so much about Jordan and Pippen. Talk so much about... You know, player A, player B. Sometimes a guy like this, like you can make the case right now, I could certainly, that Andrew Wiggins has been more valuable than Steph Curry has because he's been more consistent. And he's playing. Because in those spots where they needed most, he rose to the occasion. And he's better on the defensive end as well. And he's better on the defensive he's end. Held- I, could, I, could ma- I can make the case that Andrew Wiggins is more deserving as of today to be Finals MVP if the Warriors were to win it all. Yeah, he's holding Tatum to 37% from the field. He's averaging more points per game through five than Clay. Going up 3-2 at home, winning that, holding court, taking back home court, and then going to Boston um, is significant. If he's not on last night and they go to Boston down 3-2, you're like, yikes. Now mm-hmm. you got to survive. Like for the Celtics, trying to survive at home is a lot easier than it had been for the Warriors trying to survive on the road. Right. Right. I agree. So Wiggins may be as valuable, if not more, than Steph Curry. But let's be honest. If the Warriors win the finals, Steph Curry will be your MVP. It's just he, the, he, he just it's it's lifetime achievement. It is lifetime achievement. They will pump it to him. It's and the forty plus point created. games. And the forty three game four. I can just see it all happening. All right, Stoney, go ahead. Let's play your game. What's it called? And use your game show announcer. Oh, I got to. You gotta use your game show announcer voice guy. So because of Maple Jordan, we will get into nickname for you. Similar to what we did yesterday. Let me just put a note in there. You lost yesterday. You went one and three in knowing what Ken was doing on vacation. But this one, I have a but lot. But I also went four and zero oh yeah. on knowing what he wasn't doing on vacation. <laughs> That's true. So you can look at it one way, and I'll tell you the other. I went four and zero oh on pointing out what he was not doing. That's very true. So okay. it showed that you did kind of know what Scored he was doing however on you vacation. Want. Score it however you want. But yesterday came to my attention Maple Jordan. We had kind of forgot about his nickname, and we had talked about it this morning prepping for the show. There's a lot of good nicknames out there. So I devised the list for you. Okay. We're gonna give I'm gonna give you ten. And if you want more, I will do more. I have plenty of them on here. I'm going to ask you. I'm gonna give you a nickname. You yep. give me what player. Oh man. That nickname is four. Okay. First T- off. Go ahead. Charlie Hustle. Pete Rose. Easy. Why is that so damn loud? 
All right, number two. Your mic is off. Your mic is still number turned off. Number two sticking on cue is the glove. Gary Payton Sr. Easy. Number three. Big baby. Oh, Davis. Glenn Davis. There it is. Three for three. Yeah. Number four. The Delaware Dominator. Dean Thomas. (laughs) (laughs) That worst nickname in the history of MMA just happens (laughs) to be my closest buddy and the co-host of JC and the home team with Dean Thomas. I mean, that's just my favorite one on the entire list. It's the worst. And he even hated it. He's like, who gave me this? This is terrible. (laughs) The Admiral. David Robinson. 5-0, boy. 5-0. Sweetness. Walter Payton. 6-0. Too good. The Big Hurt. Well, I got into, I almost got Big Hurt by him at the blackjack table in Vegas because he wanted me to move my seat. He wanted to play third base. And I was like, nah, Frank, I'm good. He's like, come on, let me get third base. I like to play th- at the blackjack table. Right, it's right, right. Close to the, and, I was, and he's like, let me play. I said, no, I'm good. And people at the table are like, let him sit there. Let him sit there. I'm like, why? It's my money. It's my spot. Why? Because he does commercials for Nugenics. Yeah. Like, like he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, so we didn't get along that night. But the next night was McGregor Mayweather. And then after the fight, we all played together and got along great. So it is Frank Thomas. And let me get that ding for 7-0. 7-0. The kid. <clears throat> There's been many kids. Do you want to give me the sport? There's been many kids. Baseball. <sighs> There's been many kids throughout the eras. There's been several through the eras, including, you know, Rick Ankeel. He was also known as the kid. So since he's supposed to be, tomorrow we won't be live on the home team, but I'm going to go Rick Ankeel for the kid since he's Wednesday home team co-host Rick Ankeel. He's the kid, though. Ken Griffey. Well, okay. You want to give me the arrow, though? There's been several. It's fine. Ken Griffey is also correct. Even to the... Yep. And here we go with white chocolate. Jason Williams. The one from West Virginia. The one from West Virginia. The great one. Wayne Gretzky. Rampage. Quentin Jackson. Oh, my goodness. Mr. October. Reggie Jackson. Oh! The Dream. Hakeem Olajuwon. Bones. John Jones. Golden Boy. Oscar De La Hoya. (laughs) And, And Paul Horning. That's right. Thank you. The Sultan of Swaft. The King of Craft. Colossus of Cloud, the great Bambino. George Herman Ruth. The big fundamental. Aha. Well, one guy calls himself that. I mean, really, Tim Duncan. But, like, yeah, Shaq, Shaq pretends that he is. It's like, no, dude, you're not. The human highlight reel. Ooh, Dominic Wilkins. Iron. Mike Tyson. Broadway. Joe Namath. The Georgia Peach. Oh. Herschel Walker. No. (laughs) Game's over. Ty Cobb. Last but not least, the bus. Jerome Bettis. All right, so I went 5, 10, 15. I went 21 and 2. All thanks to. Did you really? Yeah. 5, 10, 15, 20, 21. Yeah. And by the way, Rick Ankiel was also the kid. I heard. Yeah, the, and you got to tell me the arrow. But Ken, we'll go with Ken Griffey Jr. We'll go with Ken Griffey Jr. too. All right? All right, fair enough. When we come back, 
Stone's going to wrap this puppy up. It is Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. <laughs> From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. And we are presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA Sport. Just a couple more minutes with you as me, JC, filling in for Ken LaVica on Ken LaVica Live with Stone Lebanowitz. Home team today, myself, Dean Thomas, the Delaware Destroyer. Dominator. Dominator. Excuse me. Delaware Destroyer was George Thorogood, the rock star. Um, and, of course, Christina. Um, I surprised you because I, I rolled through that whole list. I got one actually wrong. Which, one I got wrong. Which one did you get wrong? Um, Honus Wagner. Oh, yeah. There's literally 45 names on this list, and as soon as we went to break, I rattled off the other 15. I didn't, and you didn't miss one. Yeah, I'm pretty good at that. Pretty good at that. Uh, Serena Williams, back to the conversation before we played Ask Steve's. Remember, get your questions in for Steve, for Ask Steve's, uh, via DM and tweets to Stone Lebanowitz and to Ken Levicka, which is KLV1063, on your Twitter. Serena is going to play Wimbledon, and this is enormous for Wimbledon, who is missing stars, who yes. is missing brands. Because Iga Svitek, Iga Svitek is the world number one in tennis, and she's a machine. And she's won how many, not 35? 35. Consecutive, including just now Roland Garros, the French Open. But she is not Serena Williams. And wow, Rafa Nadal is Rafa Nadal, and he's now at 22. Yep. He's still not Roger Federer, who, by the way, is not playing at Wimbledon. Serena being there made people jump for joy in the corporate Luxury suite and all related business offices. Yeah. Because while tickets will be sold out, it's another level of interest and demand. It seems a little not fishy. Fishy's the wrong word. Maybe you could give me a better one. But the director of Roland Garros said WTA is missing primetime appeal. And here comes Serena Williams coming to play in Wimbledon. I mean, it doesn't get much better than this. Remember, the time difference to London this time of year is five hours, I believe. I know South of France is six because I get to watch game six Friday morning at 3 a.m. <laughs> Live. Starts at 3 a.m. <laughs> Live. Yeah, not fun. But I think it's five hours. So, you know, Wimbledon is daytime regardless. Right? They don't have lights. They don't right. do prime time. Um, so for us here, the time difference, the five hours, does shift things. Serena will be going without her longtime coach, Patrick Muratoglu. In full disclosure, my friend. Serena's my friend. But this is going to be interesting because it is a personal motivator that people are not aware of. And I know... Patrick publicly said, we've mutually decided that I'm going to work while she sits out while she's not playing. That may not be the entire story. It's not my place to speculate or guess, but I can tell you this. In my life, I've known several or, or met or known several of the greatest competitors of all time. Competitors. And Serena Williams, by far, is one of the most competitive people I've ever known at anything in my life and one of the true great competitors. She has not won but one tournament since she had the baby. She's had won just one. She's won zero majors, as we discussed. Yeah. The last late last major she won was that French Open January 2017 when she was pregnant with Olympia. I would not put her as a favorite. Neither will the odds makers by far. Iga Swiatek will be, and there'll be four or five others ahead of. But if Serena caught a great time, it is a wide open women's tennis world in which there's Iga Swiatek, and then a bunch of others. 
where everybody, you just had Ash Barty retire. Yeah. We don't have really a lot of obstacles. And psychologically, Serena will always bring that psychological advantage. Now, that is an understatement. I think when. Especially in return. Eeg is 21 years old, and she's going to yeah. be the long favorite. Yeah. And we'll see that when the odds are presented. But you're she'll right. Be, she'll be plus 200. Yeah, she will be. And there is, there's a psychological factor that Serena has that no other woman, woman on the tour has. 2019 U.S. Open, BB Andrescu, young, playing Serena in the U.S. Open Championship. Obviously, I, got, I, know I have friends on both of those teams. And I got told from the Andrescu side, if we win the coin flip, we're letting Serena serve first. Oh, yes. I love that. And they did. And she got broke. And as you know, BB Andrescu won the 2019 U.S. Open. That's awesome stuff. How about all this tennis talk? That, that You were born for tennis talk. I was born for tennis talk. And, and as a casual, you will tune in to see Serena Williams. So hopefully we gave you guys a few nuggets to even to go along with it. Because it will be a sight to see. Uh, to all the swingers, uh, we're not here to judge <laughs> oh. you. Thank you for calling. To all the swingers out there and your fishbowl sex parties, we're glad that Ken Levick Alive's audience is made up of free-thinking, free-loving individuals. Wouldn't want it any other way. Yeah. I'm not sure what happens tomorrow. Who hosts tomorrow? I believe Theo, Theodore Dorsey is back in the mix, I believe. Okay. I'm back at four today for the home team. Thanks for listening. It was Ken Levick Alive here on ESPN 1063.